0: So what are you going to tell us, tough guys? My usual. Zero. Nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, Pop Culture Podcast. Welcome back. It is Wednesday, a little bit late this week, but... I hadn't gone anywhere. I know there was a couple of people out there freaking out a little bit. Where's he gone? Is it ever going to be back? Where's Ty's? Ty's is what they were saying, my inbox uh, of Instagram. And, and it, just, it had taken a whole new level of desperation. You guys are you guys are whiny and you're sooky and, uh, and I love you. Because they're the kind of people I like to, to surround myself with. If you're not whiny and sooky, then what do you stand for is the question. People always say, oh, if you were... If you just don't be so emotional, you know, life will be so much easier. I, well, well, how do we get things done? How are we going to get things done if no one's whining about the fact that things aren't as they should be? It's a question I've always asked. And it's a question that you guys get. And and for that, I'm grateful. For that, I'm grateful. I want to open my Instagram inbox and and just see people go, Tice, you you make my life better each and every week with your insightful, informative, very helpful, mind-blowing takes. On the world and the events taking place in it. Where where did you get your degree? Is what you guys say. You say, where did you get your degree? How are you studied so broadly? How how have you got a degree in philosophy and mathematics? And to that I say, you gotta work, guys. Well I'm out here working, you guys are what are you doing right now? You're sitting in your car you at the gym? What, you're trying to convince yourself you're gonna have you're gonna have a physique which is uh I don't know. I don't want to make this personal. I don't want to start attacking you. But like Beyonce says, you gotta work, you gotta work, 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 work. That's my slogan. I wake up in the morning and I repeat that to myself. I, before my feet hit the ground, I go, hey, Tice. And I go back to myself, yes. And then, it, and back to myself again, like a madman, I say, you gotta work, 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 work. And Jessie rolls over and goes, "Babe, I, I don't want to get up for another hour. Stop, stop singing Beyonce. You're a joke and an embarrassment." I said, "Sweetie, no one can even see us." She goes, I, I, "The fact that I can see this and I have to tell people about it is enough." I said, "I was just trying to get myself in the zone. I was just trying to get myself in the in the right mood for the day." She goes, "Well, you know, it, to be a little considerate." So I'm considerate. Like, what what is it that I'm doing? That's that's inconsi. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. It's a tough. It's a tough geek. Don't mind me, I've, mate. I had I had the man flew from hell last week. COVID is a bitch. Is is my new take. COVID, you absolute little sissy. Given given our leaders a, a as some inspiration to lockdown over the last couple of years. You little pussy is what I say to you. I'm not trying to incite violence against COVID. I don't want you to come back at me personally swinging, showing me the best that you have. I just want to take this opportunity while I'm feeling relatively up and about, having recovered from a man cold, having tested negative for COVID after I was here confessing to you guys last week that I feel as though I've gone back for round two. I'm not the kind of guy to say that most people would be in hospital with what I had last week, but that is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say if it was anybody else that wasn't handsome, Personable, friendly, inspiring, fit, and well rested—you'd have been in hospital. But I'm that kind of bloke that the hospital sees me and, and it feels—it feels sick. I'm, I'm bringing a lot of attitude. I'm not sure what the attitude is. I watched a Muhammad Ali video before I started this podcast, and now—and uh, now what's that quote he has? I'm so mean I make medicine sick. I'm um, now okay, I've recovered from a cold and so now I'm trying to talk trash to a hospital which honestly has done nothing but but help thousands of people. However, apparently like the amount of deaths that take place in a hospital each year is staggering. I'm I'm pretty sure. I've got no facts or figures to back up this statement that I'm making. It could be incredibly incorrect. Maybe maybe I'll be sued for for comments like this, but but I think if you google hospital deaths each year Uh, And I'm not just talking about hospital deaths that have taken place just because people are sick and that's where the sick go. I'm talking about hospital deaths that have taken place because the doctor, uh, he forgot to cross his T, he forgot to dot the I's. And as a result, he's done a heart transplant on a person who was there to get a splinter out of their finger. Uh, They come out of surgery. They've still got a uh, a splinter. They've got a weaker heart. Because the person who had the heart originally, they've gone. Rest in peace to them. Good on them for, uh, for, for giving their organs away, but the, the fact is the splinter's still in the finger, and now that gets infected. So, so not only does the guy's immune system get smacked based on the fact that he's, uh, you know, he's got a splinter in his finger and his body's got to try and fight off what it believes to be an infection, but he also doesn't have his own heart anymore, which is not what he went in there for. Make, imagine waking up to, uh, to, to that news the following morning. Hey sir, how are you recovering? Pretty good, but my finger's still incredibly sore. Your finger? How's your heart? <laughs> How's your heart feeling? We gave you a new one. Look, you've um, you've made a real bad mistake here. Hospitals are weird like that. I had two sinus surgeries years ago, and I get so nervous before before you go in because you don't want to go under. I because it's like you know when you watch aircraft investigations before you go on a flight, you go, oh, that made it scarier than it should have been, and. For me, I watch hospital deaths by accident before I go in for surgery. And then just before I'm about to go under, and the and the anaesthetist the anesthetist says to me, i see on the other side. I go, oh, that's terrifying. And honestly, the, I reckon the lead, when, if you're in hospital, the lead up to the operation is the worst part. Listen to me. If, if you're going in for hospital, uh, or if, you're, if you're going for an operation, you've got to go to hospital, you're scared about the, the needle. Listen. It's the closest to the experience of death that you'll get without having to die or going well. Because I'm the kind of guy, I'll judge the, I'll judge. So my, uh, the bloke who was doing my surgery, he had a tattoo. And I thought, well, that's not what I want on my surgeon. There's certain things that you want on certain people. And if you see, if you see a surgeon with tattoos, you think, okay, well, he's he's had a wild side. It hasn't just all been medicine for him. He's done drugs, got high, gone out and got a pineapple tattooed on his arm. Uh, you go, what, what other mistakes is he gonna make in his life? More importantly, what other mistakes is he gonna make in the next hour and a half to two hours while, uh, his attention needs to be on me? I can't have him running out getting a tattoo of a, of a watermelon when he's here focusing on my sinuses. Because first, he's at work. You can't just be taking time out from work just to go get tattoos. Regardless of the occupation. But if you've got a person unconscious in front of you, and you've decided, you know what, I, I've just been thinking, I really want this tattoo, I don't love my job, uh, I feel like I'm going through a bit of a crossroads as to where I want to spend my time and energy in the future. I'm not sure that surgery is for me. I'm just going to take an extended lunch break and think about it because I, I don't want to be here if I'm not passionate about it because I'm a man, my time's limited is what I've always said. And if I'm if I'm going to be spending my time on earth doing things that I don't want to do, who is that to benefit? In this scenario, it's to benefit me who's unconscious and helpless on the table with nasal polyps in his sinuses which need to be removed because he sounds stuffy. Now, I understand I might sound a little bit stuffy today, but that's because I'm recovering from what many around Australia are calling the worst flu in the history of the nation. That's what people are saying. If you haven't had it yet, you're not going to understand But for my brothers who have, have, uh, uh, you know, come out the other side. One sec, green juice time. Ew, yucky. That's one of the most disgusting drinks I've ever drank. It's been sitting on the kitchen bench. that is horrific. I had that when it was fresh this morning. It's got spinach, classic. Ginger, classic. Garlic, yucky, but classic. It's got one lemon no apples which is a sweetener it's got a carrot it's got some pepper and turmeric if you're american turmeric if you're australian and it also has half a bunch of parsley because i saw it at the bottom of the fridge this morning and i thought hey that's coriander and i'm pretty sure that's got some nutritional benefits i'm going to put that coriander in this drink and uh and as a result going to be healthier for it and then i drank it and i thought that's parsley If you're going to be making green juices, Tyson, know your bloody vegetables, mate. Know your bloody vegetables. Know your herbs and spices. What's next? What are you going to be putting in? Basil? Are you going to put basil in it? Well, that would be silly. You can't just be putting bloody basil in your green juice. No one does that. That goes on your Thai green curry, I'm pretty sure. But anyway, my surgeon is, uh, I mean, he, he was successful. He was successful to the degree that he did what he was supposed to do, but the, the problem that he was fixing, uh, it wasn't, it was a, what's it called when you target the symptom rather than the, you don't target what's causing it, you target the actual outcome of that. It's like, rather than, a surgeon will often go to an apple tree speaking metaphorically and they'll they'll remove the the bad apples but they won't check the root of the tree to see why that those plants are growing on on such a such a rotten scale. And so this guy had picked the apples metaphorically speaking of my sinuses, my nasal polyps, not the kind of thing that can be conferred or consumed like an apple but the the metaphor still stands, the analogy I should say still stands. Don't pretend those two things aren't confusing, metaphors and analogies. I say the, I say the word analogy with confidence in this podcast, but the truth be told, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I always just think of, uh, Dodgeball, the movie where that guy talks about grabbing the bull by its head, by, by its horns. Have you seen that? Where there's a massive big frame photo of himself grabbing the bull by its horns. And to impress the lady, he said, look, that's a metaphor, but it really happened. So I think a metaphor is something that actually it's like something, isn't it? Is that how? It works? Yeah, you're in the wrong podcast. If you came here to try and find out uh, find out about anything to do with English, or or whatever else you would learn in year ten, you're in the wrong spot. And and this is something I'm honestly a little sick of telling you guys. Don't stop being here for education. Sure, what you'll learn here will transform the decisions uh, throughout your life. Sure, I've kind of, millions of people tell me that. They'll say, "Tice." What you said last week transformed my life. And I've said, Look, I'm flat out, I don't have time to respond. But I'm glad things are going well for you. But before I go, what, what was it I said? They said just everything from mathematics to analogies to metaphors. What you bring to the table is life altering. And I said, Wow, that's heavy, man. Because the truth be told, I'm just doing my thing, I'm just in the back. I'm in the little studio at the back of my house, just riffing, man, and that's changing your life. They go, "Ties, life changing." And then they'll often say, what? How did you get so handsome?" I said, "What? That's got nothing to do with what you were talking about." And they said, "Sure, but it does in a way." And I said, "Well, elaborate." And they say, "Well, because your intellect is gorgeous." That's what they say to me. I'm not, I'm not just bigging myself up here. People say that to me. They'll go, your intellect is gorgeous. I said, that doesn't even make sense. Can you see it? They go, but you can. You can kind of see it. Because it permeates the room that you're in. It's so, wow. I, this is heavy. This is more than I anticipated. Yuck. That green juice is disgusting. Ew. Ill is what I say, but healthy nonetheless. And that's why I recover so quickly, because uh, you blend that up in the Thermomix, which my wife bought a couple of weeks ago. Have you heard of a the Thermomix? A the Thermomix is apparently, so it costs $2000 Aussie for you Americans out there thinking that's not so expensive. Actually, I think 2000 Aussie is a little bit cheaper than 2000 US. But let's got, got, let's got, got. Let's not get caught up on minor details which no one cares about, even myself and uh, and focus on the Thermomix. The Thermomix is a product invented uh, definitely by a woman. I don't know that for a fact, but I do. I don't know her name, but she came up with the idea. And I'll say that like a woman clearly would have come up with the idea of a dishwasher, surely. Because back in the 50s, there was no men doing the dishes. There was no men doing the washing. It was the women in the kitchen. It was the women in the laundry. Just scraping the shit off a baby's nappy with a kitchen fork that they've got to have a roast dinner with later that night because we're all about, uh, we've got to, we've got to use our tools well because we don't have a whole heap. And so if you get a slight scent of baby shit as you eat your roast tonight, that's because I scraped a baby's shit off a nappy with a fork. The fork that you happen to be using. Now, the water that we washed the dishes with wasn't as clean. I didn't scrub as hard. And sure, a little residue is still on there. But enjoy your roast and be grateful. It's a night off for you. And then the guys in the back there just going, well, uh, we've got to do something. Because clearly the amount that this lady is working at the moment, it's causing stress and tension for everybody. So maybe the truth is that women actually didn't have anything to do with the design of... Um, the dishwasher, but they would have been grateful for it. I remember I spoke to my nana a while ago, and until she died, she had a little stick in her laundry, and that stick was what she used to wash the dishes with, or or not the dishes, the the washing with when there was a big pile. So so uh, you know, my uncle would pull his pants when he's six, you know, or had a really big night, <laughs> and and then. She would have to take those off, put it in the, in the laundry sink, and then you apparently just poke it with a stick until it's clean. That's what you do. And she kept that stick forever. Even when she had a, a well-functioning and uh, a well functioning washing machine, that stick was in the laundry as a reminder to the darker times where she had to do that with her hands. You know you're going through a hard time in the 50s when you've, you've just finished prepping dinner and you realize that you've got a little bit of poo stuck under your nails because you've got three kids and you had to change their pooey pants in the laundry sink. And no one's invented soap yet, I'm pretty sure. Don't think soap was in. Well, yeah, was soap invented. Soap would have been around in the 50s for sure. Wouldn't it? But the soap, yeah, you wouldn't have had the soap that they have these days where it's got a list on the back of everything that's not in it. I, do you ever see a list of what's not in your soap these days and think, holy crap, what was in my soap back in the day? Like, there was no soap back in your soap in 1964. It was just... It's not MSG, but the equivalent in the world of soap was in there. That's what I'm saying. So, anyway, uh, where are we going? How did we get here? I'm yet to... I've got a page filled with notes, and I'm yet to mention one of them, because you've been bloody distracting me with with surgery talk, and uh, anesthesiologists, and uh, and soap being stuck under the nails of my now deceased grandmother. Because... You've never learned to develop the ability just to be able to maintain your focus when you're in a conversation, and so now you and I are both paying for it. but I hope you've had a good week. I certainly have had a good week uh in hindsight. The last three days have been very enjoyable. The days before that were very on edge. I thought there was a chance that this podcast the pop culture podcast might have finished at episode fifty one because I was in such i was such a, 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 like I was in a health crisis. I was in a health crisis where I was sweating profusely. It was actually, it was quite horrific how much sweat was coming out of the pores of my body. It was, uh, it was embarrassing. My wife would roll over to give me a cuddle and then go, yuck, you are disgusting. And I'd say, I've, I've never been more hurt just to lay here. You roll over to give me a, a hug. And the moment your finger touches my back, you say, yuck, is our marriage healthy? she so say, our marriage is relatively healthy Considering you bring nothing to the table. I'll say, Well, you can't just throw away comments like that, baby, and expect me not to respond. She goes, Well, respond then, sweaty man. And I'd say, Well, I feel as though the tone in your voice isn't really suggesting you want this problem to be solved. And she goes, Well, win me over, Captain Cockhead. <laughs> she never said she's never said that. I got a little bit excited there, I'm sorry. I don't know, Captain Cockhead, it just rolls off the tongue. Ew! I've got half a cup left of that green juice and I'm dreading every moment of it, am I right? I'm going to vomit live on camera. Because that's what this podcast is about, bringing real takes on, you know, on what's going on. And at the moment, what's going on is I'm struggling to keep down a bloody green juice with shit all through it. Who put parsley in there? I did. Why did I do that? Because I'm Captain Cockhead, as my wife likes to call me. It's highly offensive, it's very hurtful. Sure. Is it accurate? Okay, maybe. Maybe it is. <laughs> this is so dumb. Anyway, that's what's going on in my world this week. What about you? It's enough for me. You tell you tell me what you've been up to. Because if this is just gonna be a one-sided conversation for an hour, I feel so rude. Oh wow. I feel so rude and gross. Mr. Cockhead just hogs the conversation, doesn't want to hear from anyone else. That's why audiobooks suck, because I don't want to hear from someone for two hours. I don't want them to keep talking without interruption. But we've been into that a few weeks ago, and I, want to, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole again, because uh, because you don't come here, you don't come here for a repeat of what we spoke about a few weeks ago. You come here for the fresh takes on world events. You come here because Fox News and CNN and the project have finished and you think, well, who else can bring us hot takes? Oh, I know. Tice can. Who's going to bring us hot takes? Hopefully everyone in your car has screamed Tice can. Who's going to bring us informed news? Tice can. Who's going to tell us about Ukraine and Russia and what needs to take place over there? Tice can't do that, but he'll pretend he can. And that's what this podcast is about. If you haven't got real answers, come here with pretend answers. If you haven't even got pretend answers, be honest with your audience because they're going to be able to sense bullshit from a mile away. If, you're, if you've got fake answers and you're trying to get them across as real answers, just keep them to yourself because the pop culture audience is a highly sophisticated, highly renowned and highly respected audience amongst audiences all around the world. They're going to know... They're going to know what's going on. And anyway, I, I go on that 20-minute rant to to take away from the fact that Sunday was Mother's Day here in Australia. I'm not sure uh, what it's like wherever you're from in the world, what day it is. But, uh, but Sunday was Mother's Day and my wife and I were in the car and we were driving. It was about 11 o'clock in the morning. We were driving along listening to the radio when all of a sudden I heard a radio announcer say, uh, this Mother's Day... I want to... I can't remember the, the actual uh, the actual event. I can't remember what was actually said. But what was said was a reference to Mother's Day. And I thought, ah, oh, beautiful. Mother's Day is coming up. I'll have to start thinking about that. So I turned to my beautiful wife, who was uh, midway through her second Mother's Day and hadn't brought anything up about Mother's Day. And she said to me, uh, or I said to her, I go, Babe, hey, they're talking about Mother's Day. When When is it? And... Uh, she said, "Hey, sweetie, are, are you absolutely serious?" I go, "Oh, I am absolutely serious because I take my role of looking after the mothers in my life seriously. So my question to you is, are you serious that you don't know if I'm serious?" And she goes, "It's today," and I go, "Whoa, shit! I'm in, the, I'm in a pickle." I'm in a real pickle because you've just witnessed me live realize that it's Mother's Day. I'm supposed to have a massage for you, flowers for you. I should have written you a card. I should have already babysat Charlie. And now you and I have real time have just witnessed the fact that I had no idea that today's your day. And she laughed. We pissed ourselves laughing. But then midway through the laughter, I noticed there were tears going down her face. And she didn't look as though she was laughing enough to be crying. And so I said, sweetie you've got tears going down your face and she said that's because it's so funny and I said well the way that you said that made it sound like you're bawling your eyes out she's like I just want to be remembered I said like, oh no let's just laugh about it let's just laugh about it we've we've found ourselves in a pickle she goes we're not in a pickle you're in a pickle I was like well let's do this together she goes don't bring me into your bullshit I said like, okay I'm trying to get my way out. And I thought, all right, I'm going to do what a great man would do in this situation. Because my first, my initial response when I found out that it was Mother's Day was I felt bad that I hadn't called my mum. I forgot about the fact that my mum, my wife's a mum now. It's only my second year. So as a second year father, I've got to remember, here's the thing. There's too many dates. There's too many dates. You and your partner have to choose five dates. Just you and your partner have to choose five dates that you celebrate. And then you write them on your fridge. And then you forget about the other ones, and uh, and you just remember the five. Because right now, I have. I've got to remember Mother's Day. I've got to remember her birthday. I've got to remember our anniversary. I've got to remember our wedding anniversary. Uh, what else is there? They're like, there's other. You've got to remember Christmas. you got to remember Easter. Uh, there's too many. There's too many. And I don't know. I don't really understand how people keep up to date with them all, because... Uh, when there's this many, like, I don't have a personal assistant in my life. Now I don't know, I don't understand how how all of you guys operate your lives, but but maybe you're lucky enough to have a personal assistant. But for me, uh-uh, I'm just trying to do this all by myself. So someone says Mother's Day, I've got to write that down for me. You guys are doing the same thing, aren't you? No worries. I'm trying to find a reason to to be out of the doghouse because it's cold in winter, and I mean winter, winter's here. Winter's here, and I'm lucky, I've got, a, I've got a wife who takes this stuff like a champion, but man, it would be nice for her to be recognized on Mother's Day, so almost, almost, in a way, if you think about it, you guys are as responsible for this as I am, because none of you told me that it was Mother's Day. Did you? Look yourself in the rearview mirror right now if you're in the car, if you're at the gym, go and have a look at yourself holding those little bitch dumbbells in the window. Like an absolute flog. I see you guys all the time, and I see you, and, and I do the same thing. But yeah, it's noticeable. When you're doing a little bicep curl and you slightly change the angle that you stand on just to see what the definition looks like from that angle, we see it. Stop pretending it's not happening because we all know it's true. You're standing there like a little dickhead trying to see how your triceps look. We see you. You're skinny. You've got a lot of work to do. You look yucky. You don't. You probably look like a little supermodel, I reckon. Oh, squat. Squat. You squat, girl. S- I, don't, I shouldn't do that because girls already feel uncomfortable at the gym doing squats. Certainly, you can't have me at the back just going, squat, girl. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, squat. Knees over toes, ass over heels. Not sure why you got to say that like a little Mexican cowboy, but it felt less scary to do it that way. Here's the thing though? Girls at the gym are interesting. They really, they really. There's a real. uh I go to the gym in board shorts, shoes, scruffy hair, singlet. Girls get a little thing going on at the moment. There is a real market for for matching tops, matching bottoms. You got to have the tights which match the top. You got to have the hair done, the makeup done, some nice clean shoes. You gotta, you gotta dress like you know everyone in that gym's gonna be looking at you, and then when you walk around that gym, act like you don't realize anybody's looking at you as you do your pelvic thrusts with 40 kilos weight. Just standing there going, boop, bah, ooh, boop, bah, ooh. Got your headphones in so you don't quite realize the groan noises that you're making are making their way through the whole gym, and everyone's unsure about what to do, so they just turn their music up. Or down, depending on how attractive you are. That's <laughs> that's the kind of you might go to. But I'm a married man, have been for 11 years, and things are going well, thank you very much. Things are going so well. I was telling some friends last night that you, you know things in your marriage are going really well when... Uh, yeah, just your ability to be able to navigate your way through an argument improves, and I think that's one thing that Jesse and I have really improved over the last couple of years. Our ability to get through an argument and still end up friends is—it's uh, becoming a strength of ours. It's becoming a really strong point. I remember when we first argued the uh, the first year of our relationship, I'll just delete her off Facebook and uh, go, oh, "This bitch will get the message now." Who's laughing now? And then I would uh, get to a couple of days later and be embarrassed about how immature I was by deleting her and send her a friend request and then you know I'd have to wait three weeks for her to accept it. And that was a stressful three weeks. You can't just be sitting there for three weeks going, Am I gonna get reaccepted by my own wife? Because it's just a little bit uncomfortable at the table knowing she's seen the request and she hasn't added you yet. Anyway, did you did you guys forget Mother's Day? Ugh! That is disgusting. Nothing good about that. No one's forgotten Mother's Day. Everyone remembered. Everyone in the whole world remembered. We went to church that morning. They had a whole celebration for mums. Every dad that I walked past saw my wife, shook her hand and said, Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Jessie, every time they did it, she looked at me as if to go, that's what a man does. That's what a real man does. That's the kind of man I could have treated me to the kind of respect that I deserve. I go, sweetie really hurtful when you talk about that she's like i'm just letting you know i got options i got more options than you could ever imagine having i said why are you saying it like you're a black woman she goes because it makes me feel more powerful and i just watched the beyonce documentary girl is what she says girl can't be doing that without swagger you can't be doing that if you're not a confident woman Ma felicia that's another one she does Whenever she makes a real good point, she clicks it. Felicia, like, I don't know who Felicia is, but man, I kind of like her. She's got swagger, that bitch. <sighs> I'm, I, I, look, I just want to acknowledge what's taking place today. I'm coming at you with pace. I'm surprised at my energy levels. I didn't think the energy levels were that high before I pressed record. But then I sit here and I remember you. I sit here and I think of you. I think of who, I think of the lives that are going to be changed through this podcast. And I go, how can I make a life today? And my heartbeat increases. The blood volume going around my body increases. My mind's ability to be able to navigate through difficult and complex emotional terrain clicks into gear. And I go, all right, Tyson's it's time. Put on your cape. Or don't, because not all heroes have to wear capes. But what you are doing through the pop culture podcast is heroic, is what I've been told. They're not my words. They are the tens of thousands of people who write in daily to this show saying, Tice, take a selfless, take a self, take a selfie of yourself and send it to me with a signature. I said, you can't just be, you can't just be expecting a selfie of, of me without, without me asking for a little payment. So here's my bank account details. And they'll say, uh, "I didn't want it that much anyway." So keep listening, champion. Your life's on the right track. You and I, equal pie. Our power is unlimited. I'm not sure if the power of pie is unlimited, but it, that it just sort of rolled off my tongue before I'd really had a chance to think about it. I had a mate who remembered 121 digits of pi in university, which makes it sound like he was my only mate. He had no other mates, did he? If you're remembering 100 digits of pi. Well, yeah, I mean, you're not going out to the university pub night because no one wants you there. But I mean, who am I to tease him? He's a lovely guy. Maybe maybe they did want him there. Maybe they didn't want me there. Maybe pie is the thing you've got to remember. Maybe it's the thing you've got to forget. You don't know. I'm just saying, we're not 100% sure how we're going. But, ladies and gentlemen, I tell you one thing that we do know the weather down here is getting a little bit chilly, a little bit. And I know that because you. <laughs> Uh, yesterday morning uh look look we live in a beachside property I'm not gonna make a big deal out of it but the beach is 100 meters that way do you know what I mean so I'm just saying if I wanted to go for a swim halfway through this podcast it wouldn't really throw it wouldn't throw the feel of this podcast out by too much because I'd be that I'd be back that quickly sure we're renting sure but still the beach is there the beach doesn't care if we're renting or a permanent tenant what I'm saying. Is it's there now? I don't know why I say that as though it's a brag, but it felt like the right thing to do. But the weather's getting a little bit chilly at the moment, and yesterday I started my uh, I started doing my ice swims again, getting over to the beach and uh, and showing everybody how big your nipples can be when you're cold. I've got pretty I've got pretty solid-sized nipples as it is. So uh, when I get cold, it actually just becomes an embarrassment. Do you remember that 90s ad where that guy could spin a frisbee on his nipples? I applied for that role and just missed out based on the fact I was six. And it would have gone down as child porn if you had a child spinning frisbees on his nipples. So I, uh, I got turned down for that role. But nonetheless, the skill was there. I had the ability to do it. And look, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I never really enjoy it. I don't enjoy the ice water swim that much because it's very painful. It's a weird, it's a weird kind of experience, to be honest, because I, I kind of enjoy it and then I kind of don't. I enjoy it after, as I walk back to my house, I go, gee, I'm, gee, I'm heroic. That was heroic, what you just did. Like, the only other creatures in that water are sharks and other kinds of fish. Do you know what I mean? And a couple of local swimmers. They've been doing it for years, but they may as well be a shark based on how leathery, leathery their skin are. Am I right? Yeah, I'm right. Old leather skin Leanne, been swimming down there since 1948 a couple of gills up her side she spent so much in the so much time in the water every now and then she's got to be careful she doesn't get halfway through a swim swim, she'll see a little bit of uh, a little bit of fish on a fishing hook she's got to be careful not to take a bite that's the kind of that's the kind of person you're dealing with down here in point lonsdale you're dealing with the kind of people they spend so much time in the water that even fish bait looks attractive and they know the hook's in there you ever reeled up a lady on your fishing line that would have been her she comes down here all the time you got a hand line in the water expecting to find an ink squid? Uh-uh, Leanne's popped up. She's just taking your little prawn off the end. She needs a ride home. So she's caught the old fishing line into your boat and said, can you please take me home? I'm starving. You go, Leanne, I'm trying to be out here catching some squid for the family. She's like, oh, you caught me, darling. Oh, I wish you had chopped me up and put me in that basket. You go, Leanne, that's dark. She goes, I'm very naughty. You don't, and you don't know the first thing about me. You go, whoa, that's... um." Something I wish you had it kept to yourself. She goes, oh, but now you know. If you know... What's that so? And if you don't know, now you know. I'm too white to say the next word to that. And if I did say the next word to that, I would get cancelled. Because that is one of the words you can't say in 2022 in public as a white man. You're not supposed to say it in private. Do I say it sometimes when I'm singing? Absolutely. Do I do it accidentally in public when I'm singing? Sometimes. Do I say it? Uh, there's various situations where I said it and regret it. You know what I mean? But that's what, that's what learning's for. 35 years old is young. There's plenty of things you don't know. If you're an NFL match and you hear other people around you saying it, do you feel tempted to say it? Yes. Should you say it? No, you shouldn't say it until you get home and you're with your white friends who understand your sense of humour can't just be saying that willy nilly. Willy nilly. It's what I said. I don't go getting any ideas over there. But if you, if I have people message me every week twice, I accidentally said it. I said, You said what? They go, The, the N word. I go, Oh, wow. Well, don't, don't you say, don't you say anything. It's time to apologize. They go, No, you never apologize for this twice because that's then they get what they want. Stop! You can't be saying they in this situation. It just uh, it makes it sound like why are we why are we segregating ourselves? Is what I'm saying. Why are we so caught up on the words? Just don't say the n word. I know you want to because you're from Moi, and in Maui, that was that was a term of endearment at Maui High School. But now we're in the real world. We're in the big bad world. You can't just be saying that because you're going to get slapped. I don't know why I said it like that. I don't know why I said it like it was a black woman doing the slapping. But what I'm saying is, it's it's a jungle out there. It's a jungle out there. Have you guys seen Underbelly yet? That's the opening theme song. It's a jungle out there. So good. Doo-doo-doo. It's a jungle out there. It's a great song. If you don't know the song, if you've never heard of Underbelly, let me see if Spotify can help us. Hey... Sorry, one second. Just waiting for Siri. She's having a little, little bit of a sleepy. Hey, Siri, play the Underbelly theme song on Spotify. Just a sec. Now playing Underbelly by Hugo Mask from Spotify. I risk copyright for you guys on this podcast. That's just what I'm about. Oh, it's a little bit slow to load, isn't it, the old Spotify? I've got a bloody podcast. That is not the song at all. Sometimes I honestly think Siri doesn't take her role seriously. I was loud and clear then, wasn't I? You all witnessed it. Siri is just sitting there. Oh, oh what am I going to do? Toss hasn't spoken to me for ages. Mmm. Yuck. That drink is potent. And, uh, and so, yeah, so that's that's what's been going on down here. Um, I did a I did a comedy gig in uh, Ocean Grove the other night. I had a little comedy gig with Tom Seagate, Mimi Shaheen, and uh, we bought the house down. I'm not going to lie. It was a, uh, I was the MC. MC is what you are when you're not quite funny enough to be the main guy. <laughs> it's, it's what I learned. They called me a couple of weeks ago, Tice, we've got a great gig for you, mate. I go, what is it? You want me to come and perform Do you? They go, we do. I go, you want me to do 10 minutes of stand-up? They go, oh, no. We just want you to MC. I go, ah, well can I please do ten minutes? They go, Tyson, we've heard your jokes. And uh how about you just stick with the MC? I go, alright, well I'll take that opportunity. Tommy C. gets a funny man. He's uh he's got this joke. Now go and see, he's at the Comics Lounge. If you're here in Melbourne, go watch him. He's very funny. He's got this joke where he talks about lockdowns and how uh you know, there's no screen time during lockdowns for the kids. He's got three kids and then after a couple of days he goes, Alright, you can have screens in the morning. And he goes, all right, you can have screens in the afternoon as well, but not in the bedroom. He goes, all right, you can have them in the bedroom, but no porn. Then after a few more days, he goes, all right, you can you can watch porn as long as it's soft. Then after a few more weeks, he goes, all right, you can watch hardcore porn, but no drugs. And he goes, all right, you can have a bong before kinder, but no methamphetamines. He goes, all right, you can have meth on the weekends, but don't tell your mother. Something <laughs> always... There's some nights at comedy where you, you laugh so hard, you just, you, you make an embarrassment of yourself. You make a fool of yourself. You look as though you're taking a piss. You're not taking a piss. You look as though you're taking the piss out of the person on stage. Now, he was ripping it up to such a degree that I looked as though I was taking the piss out of him with my laughter. 100% genuine though. So, he's, uh, he's gone, he's gone at the top of my list as as Melbourne's funny man, and I've seen him quite a few times. i only seen him do a couple of minutes at, at the Comics Lounge here. I never saw him actually do 40 minutes, and, man, it was 40 minutes of gold. Mimi Shaheem, she ripped it up. But, but, man, when does she not rip it up? She's a little Middle Eastern goddess, is is what I call her. She's a little glamour, a little supermodel. Mimi, yeah, I like it. I like her. Got a little crush on the old Mimi. Got a little crush on the old Tommy Seagat now as well. And... Uh, it was a it was a bunch of fun, and it's a bunch of fun because people like Mimi. She's just a, she's a straight shooter. She'll tell you, you know, you know those people who they just tell you how it is. They don't sugarcoat things. They don't put themselves on like this little. Uh, they don't do that yoga voice. You know that yoga voice that people do once they start doing a couple of classes. Uh, they might even start doing like a little bit of meditation, and then and something happens to their whole personality where rather than just being the normal person that we knew them to be, they start being like, hey. um... Yeah, so, I've been reflecting on who I am as a person, because I did, last week I touched my toes, and as I was reaching for them I thought, why am I constantly striving? What what, what am I, what am I striving towards? Who even, who even really am I, if you think about it? Because, like, oppression is rare. (laughs) Do you, do you know what I, mean? I mean? It's just, it's like, there's nothing wrong with the people, but it's just that kind of person where they, they have an experience. I mean, they, they become a little bit spiritual somehow. Something about them changes based on some spiritual, uh, undertaking. And, and yoga just seems to really draw that out of people. I don't, that's why I don't like yoga studios, because I always feel like it's such a, like, it's an unnatural place to be for me. You know, not always, but sometimes. I always feel like I, I have to try and blend into that attitude. You walk in, someone goes, "Hey man, how you doing?" And I go, "I'm doing well. How's things with you? How's the family?" They're like, "You don't even know me. How do you know I have a family?" I was like, "Dude, because essentially, if you boil it all down, you and I are family. So what I just said is, how am I? How how am I doing?" They're like, "Wow, that's quite profound, man." I never really thought about that, even when I meditate. And then they start going on about uh, it's like mushrooms. Mushrooms are the mushrooms are the widest drug, I think. I think mushrooms are the widest drug because no one wants to talk about mushrooms as just being like some some dirty little street fungi anymore. They want to talk about it like it's a it's a really eye opening experience, which is going to take you to special places where where little elves and dwarfs gives you a message about your family and about how the way that your mother raised you has impacted your chakras. So, so you hit sit with people like, hey bro, yeah, I had a really profound experience on mushrooms last week. And while I was sitting there, it was like the sun just spoke to my spirit. And as it was speaking to my spirit, I said, am I warm? And I was like, wow, that's profound because you're actually a fucking ball of fire. Have you ever thought about that? And immediately, I just knew I had to be vegan. <laughs> it's, it's one of those ones. But there's different places. Like People have their office voices as well. Office voices is a different game, but it's the same kind of... It's a different game under the same umbrella. Do you know that one where you... Uh, at, like you might go to work and you've just you've just got out of the car from your wife where you've had a fight. You're like, you're such a shit wife. Why is it that we're always talking about this? Then someone walks in. And is like, g'day, you know, Steve. Have you uh have you done the final points on that presentation today? You're like, yeah, I've just got to finalise uh, the section three point four, which I'm going to do when I liaise with Sandra from HR at a morning break. But then at recess, we'll uh, we'll reconvene and redevelop the autonomy of the project. Do you know, I feel like I went into a little bit of yoga just then, but but you know what I mean, don't you? Like, um, there's certain places that have certain voices. It's uh, uh, where else is it? It's like surfers have it as well. There you go. I'm I'm not sure if surfers have it. Maybe I'm just judging the stereotype of of these groups of people that I see. But I I, I don't know. I just yoga. The yoga one's obvious. I notice it in myself at least. <sighs> I notice it in myself. Oh, that's right. I was going to riff off that to, to sorry, I gave away the fact. I, I checked my cheat sheet because I just wanted to see what exactly, uh, I wanted to talk to you about. And speaking of yoga vice, uh, a couple of nights ago, I watched that documentary on Netflix called Bad Vegan. Speaking of Netflix, what the heck's going on there? Have you seen the share prices plummet? What, what caused that? I think that there's, there's so many streaming platforms now, isn't it? You'd be so frustrated being Netflix. Like, you're the definition of the OG. You are the OG. And all these new Gs have come into your town, and they're like, bro, that's my street corner. You're like, bitch, I've been here for years. And they're like, bro, this is my street corner. And they're a little bit younger, a little bit buffer. Some of the things that they offer is a little bit less work, a little bit less frustrating to have to scroll through. And you all right, it's time to move on. And as a result, all your shareholders go, oh, that bitch can't stand up in a fight. Netflix just got its ass handed to her. She would be a sheep. And, uh, yeah, each morning I've been checking the share price of the old Netflix just to find out exactly what's going on. Because it's hard to keep up with, isn't it? I saw today they rose just by a little over 2%, which doesn't sound like much. But when you're speaking about numbers in the percentages of how big Netflix company is, 2%, I'm going to guess is like a billion dollars. <laughs> so I mean, it's a, it's, a positive, it's a step in the right direction for them, isn't it? Because uh, the last couple of weeks has, has been pretty stressful. But one of the things that we've seen on Netflix bad vegan documentary about some chick who starts a, a restaurant and uh she marries a guy I'm not going to give you too much away but she marries a guy who's clearly just a control freak, he's a manipulative bloke and he's he's not he doesn't have her best interest at heart, let's just say that. I don't think he's the kind of guy that's really too concerned about the business model. I don't think they're worried about that. I think what he's interested in is how can I get as much money out of my new wife as I possibly can without her family, herself, her friends calling me on it because that'd be really frustrating. And it goes on this journey of just what he does and what he takes her through and maybe a little bit long. They probably didn't need to do four. But so I reckon he could have got away with two. But but he was good at it. Man, he was good at it. Uh, manipulation's not something that comes supernaturally to me. I don't think. Like I, I feel like I'm pretty quick on my feet. If we're if I'm arguing with Jesse, I'm pretty good at getting the comeback in. But I always feel guilty after that. This guy, he didn't have that guilt factor. He could just go out and do Mr. Manipulation for I don't know, like uh, I don't know how long it was. I think it was maybe three years, and that guilt factor didn't quite kick in. I mean, it'd be really, ha- it'd be really helpful to have the element of no guilt when you're trying to manipulate someone for all their money. But this guy. Uh, yeah, he, he had it to a, a greater degree than what I could ever develop, it. I think, because uh, I'll tell my wife that the, the dishes will be done, and then she'll get home, and they haven't been done, and it's not because I was trying to be a rebel, it's just because I forgot, and then I'm already a little bit like, oh no, I shouldn't have done that, I can't believe I told her that it'd be done, and it's not, got too caught up playing with my kid, my kid, and I, we've been going for a walk up the road here, yesterday a possum must have fallen off a power line, and I didn't even know my, my, my kid knew the word dead. Uh, but we walk past his possum and, and all of a sudden Charlie's pointing out, he's going, dead, dead, dead. I go, no, me yeah, wow, that's that's crazy that you knew that. word. Where did you learn that word from? What are they teaching you at kinder? He starts going, death, death. So he starts pointing to the object of uh, you know, the possum, which is dead, and then referring to it as a greater thing. He just start, Do you know how uncomfortable it is? My cousin, my, my, cousin, my, my little cousin, my kid would just start chucking into conversations, the new word that he's learned. And because this week his new word is death, Jesse and I said the word death at the dinner table the other night, and somehow he just picked up on it. And he's eighteen month old and just chucking the word death into conversation like it's nothing, like it's not going out of fashion. Just like, or like it is going out of fashion is, I think, the correct take on that particular situation. But do you know how hard it is to to try and explain to someone why it is that your kid's going on about death? Like an eighteen month old shouldn't have that many thoughts. On it, but we'll, um, you know, we'll just be in a general conversation with someone we've seen down the street who we haven't seen for a while. And halfway through, Charlie will poke his head out and go, "Death." It's such a, it's such a terrifying image. You come out from behind a curtain in his pram, you just go, "Death." It's, it's quite terrifying. Now I tell you guys, I actually wish I hadn't told you that story because the truth is, it makes me look like a questionable parent, and I do enough things. That make me look like a questionable parent, so I probably shouldn't be telling you about all that kind of stuff. Look, I um, I don't know. I've been doing my best to try and figure out parenting stuff, but there's I I shouldn't be I shouldn't be offering advice anytime soon is what I've realised because there's plenty that I do where I go, oh, okay, so you haven't quite got this figured out yet, and I, I don't know. I, I've been teaching my kids little words, but he's he's picking up on them now as well, so. I always knew that you had to be careful, but now we have to be double careful because if we're not double careful, before I know it, he'll be calling me the C bomb in in front of the pastor at our church, and and that's just too much explaining. I don't want to have that conversation with the pastor at church. I feel like I'm in the naughty corner at uh, at school. Hmm. Apart from that, that's uh, that's pretty much been the week. I, I shaved my legs the other day. Shaved my legs the other day, not because I'm trying to test the waters to see if I'm a full-blown homosexual, but because I found out that the the manscaping tool that I use has the feature, which actually I didn't realize it worked on your legs. I used to shave my legs when I was a teenager because I thought it helped me run faster. And also, the muscle definition in your calves looks so much better when you got shaved legs. But uh, the other day I did it, and it, uh, I feel like I have a new appreciation for what a kid must feel like when he sees his dad who shaves a moustache off that he's had for 45 years. That's not a kid anymore, is it? That's a full-blown adult. But if you're a dad you've had a moustache and your 18-month-old kid sees you and that's all he knows and then you get rid of it, that's a shock to the system. Well, the other day, I did not seen my legs in that light for, for quite some time. I'm going to be honest, I was kind of attracted to him. I was working on my calves at the gym the other day and I was like, oh, Poppy, you are back. But also also the uh, the joy doesn't last long because the the hair growth rate when you're thirty five years old picks up significantly which is part of the reason i uh, I think I shouldn't be too hard on myself about the fact I saw a, a quarter inch hair poke out my ear this morning I had to pluck it never happened before I just was lucky that the light caught the hair at the right angle in the mirror this morning so I saw it because i couldn't be I couldn't be going down the street having people see uh my old ear hair poking out. But anyway, with all that said, I think I'm going to have to leave you there because I mean we've covered we've covered some ground today. We've covered some topics. We've spoken about uh, we've spoken about the highs and lows of politics. I'm not sure that we've solved completely the war in Ukraine, but I think we're on our way. Anyway, it is Wednesday afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for stopping by the most popular podcast in your car right now. The most popular podcast in. The world is what I wanted to say, but I paused too much, which showed that I was panicking and not backing the fact that it was a, uh, you know, I was trying to convince you it was, it was even bigger than it is, is the thing. I was trying to tell you it was the biggest podcast in the world, but if you're going to make claims like that, back it up with the tone of your voice, Tyson Popple. So, and that's why we always say here on Pop Culture Podcast, it's all about learning. And that's what it's about. So with that being said, take that note into the rest of your week. I was trying to riff on that song that I sang earlier about, um, ain't nobody going to hold, what was that Beyonce song I sang? I can't remember, but I hope it made an impact on your life. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for being here. Until next week, stay strong, stay safe, but most of all, stay so sexy.
1: Ooh,
0: that's a weird way to finish a podcast, but nonetheless, claim it, embrace it, wrap it up, and apply it. See everybody.